Welcome. Welcome to another journey into the mystic. Kayleen McCaw here in the heart of Wildwood Gardens. Been taking a little break because I didn't feel like there was anything I could say about our present in situation that wasn't just somehow disingenuous or secretly racist. And I've been second guessing myself for my desire to have a talk with my best empathetic black friend because I didn't want to make her my magic Negro. And it's like, did I miss my chance to have an important conversation? It's like, I don't know. So I'm going to do the one thing I know I can do which is talk to my boots on the ground in Seattle, my cousin Joni, who lives within easy distance of something you may or may not know about. I'm realizing this isn't necessarily news in everybody's work, world. Um, well, but we'll talk about that later. Right now, I want to set aside this space and time because this is a sacred thing we're doing. So I send out the coherent frequency of this tone. May it wash me in its purity. May my signal be tuned to the truth and any preconceptions that get in the way of that on my behalf, let them fall away. If there is something important that needs to be said, let it be said. May the cup of joy that I light between us now truly burn for us all. May this light of hope and peace and beauty be the signal that takes over our minds from whatever horrific nightmare might have troubled us during our period of sleep. I like that. Palo Santo to clear my own space and clear the way. I call on all of our ancestors, those who come before and those outside the mystery of time who we might call our descendants, but in the end we find out it's all the same because there's one human family in all of space and time. And may the words that pass between us this day ring through the ages to positive effect. This is my earnest desire. So my co my my cohort in this is my cousin Joni, who I'm going to bring in right now. Hello, hello, Kayleen. Hello. So um, maybe I should just let you describe. Um, well, no, I'll start and then let you correct me if I'm wrong. So there's a thing that may or may not be in your universe of news that has happened in Seattle in the aftermath of the demonstrations come rioting, come all kinds of stuff happening different ways in different cities, that as six block area has been occupied by protesters and was initially labeled the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And originally the barricade said, you are now leaving the United States of America. And there was talk about being on formerly occupied Salish land. And it ties into a really interesting history in Seattle um, with Discovery Park um, and so on. Uh, well, as the thing goes forward, things are moderating and changing, and I'm, I'm just really, really interested to see what comes out of this situation. So Joni went for a visit, who, yesterday? On Sunday. Sunday, okay, that's right. What did you, what did you find, or do you want to talk about the concept first? Um, 
I'll tell you what we found because it was um, a very unique experience. You lived on Capitol Hill. Yeah. Um, my husband lived on Capitol Hill when I first met him. Our first date was on Capitol Hill. And so, I mean, we wanted to see it. And more importantly, we wanted to feel it. Right. And I've never felt as safe in Cal Anderson Park Hmm. any time of day or night than I did that day. And we first walked in and there were in the park area, which has been completely redesigned since you lived there. Mm -hmm. um, the little grassy knolls had circular areas. Marked, and we're kind of like, well, that's a weird mowing. And we realized it was for the six feet distance. So there's all these little circular. Oh, wow. So that was beautiful just to see it's like okay that's new never seen that before and then um the fountain wasn't running but there were we were probably some of the oldest people there mm. the majority age um under 40 mostly under 30 mm. and um all around the circumference of the soccer field and the whole park area there are tents People are living there and walking through and there's graffiti everywhere. Yeah. And sometimes not beautiful graffiti, but when you just see things tagged, you have a, oh, that shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. Every single piece of it to just see graffiti on a building to like, wow. And to see how quickly this new land in essence has been formed. They've uh, dug up grass in areas and made gardens mm -hmm. already. People brought that in. Um, on the street, there, they've, I don't know if you've seen the aerial view where they, uh, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I, I watched, uh, somebody did a cell phone walkthrough and they had like snippets of different things. Yeah, and there's, there's a great aerial view you can see of the whole artistry. And that, um, they got a different artist for each one. One of them we actually met because he was right there. And the whole field, there is a, a co-op for food, which people are just rushing donations into. People are handing out pizza. There's free food for people. In the first, the thing that I felt was, wow, people are really taking care of each other here. Mm -hmm. In a way, you know, we've heard about the homeless population and here people can just walk up and get food and nobody anyone can and so that was really remarkable to see the memorials for all the lives that have been lost and even uh, there was one for just people that have died in washington state from police brutality right so again it was like being in some place you've never been before and feeling things you've never felt before. And um, to just be very respectful of the place and what's going on and how long it will last. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's very interesting, yeah, to, to see it, knowing that you know there will be an end point. I mean, there kind of has to be. That, mm -hmm. and what, what I really applaud um, is the renaming because it takes it from a, we're standing up the biggest military on the planet, which can't really end well, to it's like, we're doing our thing and leave us alone until it's done. You know, because now it's the, it's the CHOP, it's the Capitol Hill organized protest. Yeah. Which, 
falls totally in line with the mayor's um, uh, declaration, I don't know, stance that this is our summer of love, you know, let us work this thing out. And honestly, that's the thing that's so exciting to me. I'm, I'm just really hopeful that that's what gets to happen in this experimental zone. I mean, everybody realizes that we don't know what the heck to do. And here you get a bunch of people who care together. As I understand, the open mic is kind of ongoing and people are sharing their views and having conversations and trying to sort things out. Um, as we were getting ready to go, there was a, um, a speech going on, which we stopped and listened to. And I don't know who the person was who was speaking. He was very beautiful and eloquent. And the one thing he said is, the revolution will not be televised, it will be streamed. It's being streamed. Mm. And then he says, and now that you've been here, you are part of that revolution. It happens within, like we are all part of this now. So that was very, I'm still thinking about that. Yeah, that's, that's really where I'm hoping this can go. I mean, that's my dream, because I, what you said about the average age of people there is what's been coming to me as the thing that nobody's saying. It's like the ultimate elephant in the room here is that there's so many different things going on at the same time, you know, and it's easy to sound like you don't care about one thing if you care about another. And, uh, but ultimately, this is about our future. This is about our children. This is about whether our young people, whatever color they are, wherever they came from, however long they've been here, have any hope that as Americans in America, that there's anything for them, that any part of that dream is actually left for people who aren't already old and on their way out. And you know, when that answer is pretty obviously no, then I feel it's our responsibility as elders to say, this is your world now, kids. You know, y'all figure out where you want to go and we will tell you where we screwed up so you can hopefully avoid those mistakes. But if we're not investing in what has to happen for people to care about their lives again, we're missing it. Yes. Um, we watched Dave Chappelle's video, um, 846. Mm, I haven't seen that. Yeah, he just put it up. It was just recent and it's a... Um, an outdoor concert he did in his hometown up in Ohio. And one of the things that he said is he said, I'm so proud of all you young people. And he says, I feel very comfortable sitting in the back seat. Mm -hmm. And Michael Che, um, writer from Saturday Night Live, also said something similar. It's not, it's not like it's, it is their fight, but as you said, as elders, or as their protest, um, we're here to support that. Mm -hmm. And they're taking it on in such a huge way. And another thing I just recently heard, um, Lee Harris is intuitive. He puts up a monthly video, the beginning of every month. Mm -hmm. And I have listened to his June update on June 1st, when he put it up, but obviously he had recorded it before May 31st because people edit their videos, right? But one of the things, and so he says he gets kind of a flavor for what's coming up for the month. And one of the things he said is there's gonna be a healing mm -hmm. of mass grief and we're gonna be recognizing heartlessness. Mm -hmm. 
And I thought that was such, and then here, then everything happened. So yeah. he all, that was the flavor, the heartlessness. And I don't think we use that word very often, but I think that describes it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And on so many levels. I mean, because, you know, because there's just, it's, it's hard to get a beat on what we're inside of here, unless you go all the way up to everything is falling apart so it can be remade again. Right. Talk about one thing without including, you know, all of the others, because, you know, the behind the scenes, I mean, because of the whole Corona event, we are just about to face, and these are, I guess they're predictions, but they're really just looking at the data, you know, and following people who are data wonks. It's like, we're about to have a really scary food shortage. I have, I know. And um, one of the astrologers I follow mentioned that last year, like coming up and we're gonna have food, and I'm like, I don't wanna know about that. <laughs> right, yeah. this response, but it, it it stayed in there yeah and and you know on the on the optimistic from out here view it's like it had to happen right. one of my favorite wonks is like he's um there's a channel called rebel wisdom okay. that's i mean super serious wonk 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 thinker guys but very compelling because they're just so right and so committed to taking this down the middle. What do the facts say? You know, I've learned to control my emotions because otherwise I would be crazy. And you know, this is the, and they saw this coming just like the astrologers did that the word they use is fragility, that all of our global system had gotten so fragile, just like our white ego, that there, it's not going to take much to break them. And that relatively speaking, this might've been about the softest landing we could have. Because we, we just saw cascade failure. I mean, the whole global thing fell apart. And the only way I see that we're going to put it back together is with the kind of thing that comes out of what's happening in the child. I mean, I was so glad to see that the first thing they did was plant gardens. It's like, you go. Make no. it. <laughs> One of my daughter's roommates um, it was involved in that. And Cedar got to donate money to like, hey, here's some money. Go buy compost. Do what you need. Cool. And I have um, a bunch of baby plants I've been raising from seed this year. And a lot are going to go in the ground here in my garden today and tomorrow. But if I have leftovers, I'm going to pass them on. Say like, yeah. here you go. Dig up another pot. <laughs> it's just such a, such a beautiful experience. Um, I... Somebody mentioned once that they were watching a live stream. I don't know if that's an ongoing thing or, or what, but I tell you what caught my attention is on this person who did the walk through with their cell phone and kind of randomly, you know, stopped and started it is they caught the beginning of something I really wanted to hear the whole thing of where at this speaker station, there was more than one mic. So there's a young guy had been talking and then some awesome black mama gets up and she's starting to do the, you know, let, let's talk about it from another perspective type thing. And he does the, this is what I saw people do on TV, where you say, and you don't let the other person talk. And she said, I'm not done talking, boy. And then they cut it off. It's like, wait, what happens next? <laughs> Show me that. Show me that. <laughs> oh. And we're not done talking yet. <laughs> exactly. But one of the other really important things, I think, is the listening. Yeah. Aspect yeah. is that so many pe people want to talk or say, this is what's going to happen. Here's what should happen. 
they're afraid of what might happen. So they start talking about that as opposed yeah. to just experiencing it for yourself yeah. and then take it in. And then you might have something to say. Mm -hmm. There's a big lack of that. I mean, emotions are so high and that's the one, that's the closest thing I have to, you know, a trigger is the fact that that's been perpetrated on us on purpose. There is information warfare going on from what I can see, the kind that we have done to other countries systematically to destroy their governments. What do you know? Now somebody's doing it to us. Is it us? Is it them? We don't know. But you know, if you step back a little bit, I think it's pretty clear that we're being like worked up into a frenzy. So we're just so we can't think and we don't know how to connect with each other. And we have been empowered to say things such as, I don't like. Oh, well, yeah, there's a button for that. Oh. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, well, is it something you can do something about or mm. not? Or is it just going to remain in that verbiage of what you don't like? And then what comes out of that generally is, well, I'm afraid of that this might happen. And so there's just yeah. no empowerment. And so that's what's happening is empowerment. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's like the ultimate, I think, what's happening in this whole situation. The word that keeps coming up is sovereignty. Yes. You know, because we call the uh, royals from the past who can just stay in the past for all anybody really cares. Um, we call them the sovereigns. But you look at what it really means is the sovereign is the one who's in control of themselves. And it's like, hold up, hold up. That's not something that's reserved for people of a certain bloodline. That's something we need to step into for ourselves. It's like, I'm, I am the sovereign of my emotional state. And that means like it or not, you know, if I get triggered, that's on me. That's right. Who poke me. Right. And the, you know, the, the blessing of sovereignty comes at the price of taking responsibility. And that's, that's kind of a bitter pill. Yeah, that we haven't had a lot of that going on. People have used their voices again with what they don't like, mm -hmm. but they haven't really stepped into that responsibility of when you can perform actions, when you can stay silent if you need to, mm -hmm. And to, you know, ultimately, I think we're trying to find a better way. So it's new. And that's the other thing that I also felt that there is, wow, all of this is brand new. Mm -hmm. This just happened. And, and um, there was a thing uh, that came through my news feed where some people had gotten a hold of something that said, there's a biker gang going to come up and destroy this uh, chop on uh, July 4th. Mm -hmm. And someone suggested that, that the, the chop should abandon, who had not been there, should suggested that th they should abandon it on July 3rd and then the guys would show up. And it's like, well, if you've been there, you're gonna see that no one's going anywhere, uh -huh. right? And so th that's just an example of people throwing rumors, opinion yeah so much of that so much fear-mongering and you know again it's like the only safe place to look at that is from way up here where what i see happening you know is that 
we're in our final exam for the third dimension and what you have to do is face all the deepest darkest fears from your basement so everybody weaves their story about what's gonna happen and it's like really scary but they're all completely different it's like these are the bad guys and they're gonna come and get you and then it's like no 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 these are the bad guys but they are gonna come and get you and everybody's got a different bad guy but the result is always somebody's gonna come and get you you know that is such that you would bring that up because that has been I remember that phrase when I was a kid, mm. you know, that my brother one time, we're at the park, Manto Park, for gosh sakes, see those bad guys over there, they're going to come and get us, you know, kids on bikes, whatever. And, and so that's, that, again, planted in my head, someone's going to come and get me. Yeah. And that's one thing, I mean, sometimes when you go to a festival or a large gathering, you kind of have that feeling of, okay, where's my purse, where's my stuff, someone's going to bump into me none of that feeling there like there was no one coming to get anybody mm -hmm. and you know that's very unusual to just feel that incredible security and that probably comes from the feeling sovereign it's a brand new feeling yeah yeah and that's and and that's the logic that ultimately i think the conservatives are using is that when you take responsibility for yourself that means if I'm the one who gets in trouble, if I screw up, then I'm gonna act in a moral, ethical way. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's just so confusing. Cause you know, I'm trying to sort this all out and decide on the balance between safe silence and responsible speaking. Cause there does come a point where things are so crazy. It's like, I feel like, I think I need to point out that what's happening doesn't make sense. It's like, you know, can I do that in a loving way? I just had a really weird interchange on Facebook, which was actually, it was kind of fun. Just staying in my happy, blissful place while people spouted off because I, you know, stepped out of the party line. But I feel it's really important because <laughs> race, racial tension, I mean, that's been around as long as I can remember. And if we don't get it right this time, we're screwed. Yeah. And so it's, it's a real opportunity for an awakening and all of the things that we, people have been denied, um, speaking their truth. And as you said, trying to do it in a loving way. And um, what you said about it's all confusing. It's like every day I remind myself when I wake up, it's new. Today is new. Good one. Yeah. Just like, okay, you know, you maybe you're washing the dishes or you're going to do some things today, but it's also new. Mm -hmm. Schedules, so leave space for that. And then the changing can think the heart, you can, you can drop some of those fears in that moment because they may come up, but you go, well, that's not real. One of the other things uh, very powerfully came to me the other day with, um, Kind of a long-held vision that I've had and is it really going to happen or not and then it came to me and it was like you've always received all the help you ever needed mm. your your guidance on demand right you right. know and that that's like a really powerful place it's like yeah the, the help is there if I ask for it or if I remember situations where help came when you didn't even know you were going to get help it just arrived yeah you yeah. Go, wow, that really helped me in my journey so i think that's one of the, one of the things we can kind of 
set ourselves to is That's a really excellent point and you put that in um ascension terminology you know people talk about uh moving to a different timeline mm -hmm. they also call a story moving into a different story you know is the way i put it in uh that yeah every day you have to give yourself the gift of it can be a brand new story it's just mm -hmm. because i was the, my world was this way yesterday if i start heading in a different direction today I mean, the new science and the actual truth of how this world works says, I'm gonna end up in the place I'm heading toward. And right. unfortunately, if the place I'm heading toward is not there, my guidance system has to take me there first. Right. And that's, yeah. you know, that's kind of the big oops that we've been, well, that we're straightening out right now, I think, with everybody getting slapped by whatever they hate the most until they stop reacting to it. Yeah. And this is a point where, I mean, the black community is so far ahead of us. <laughs> They've been practicing this stuff forever. You know, how to live in a world that doesn't make a damn bit of sense and just take it with peacefulness because that's all that works. Right. I mean, there's so many ways where I'm just saying, it's like, okay, I'm only going to listen to black people for a while. <laughs> there you go. And I'm sure a lot of them would love you to hear what they're saying and what they've been saying <clears throat> and experiencing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of frightening when you hear the stories <clears throat> of the encounters that they have with the police, that they don't feel like they can call the police, that, that those aren't options for them to begin with. Right. And so people, um, and that's just a whole new thing to just take that in. What would that feel like? Mm -hmm. that, that this thing that, that, we think is going to save us if we're in trouble they don't have that option no one's coming to save them right no one's no one's coming to help them you know, getting back to that point you know except people that they know or their prayers yeah. but or if that is the reality yes. the lived reality and some of that i'm i'm convinced results from people doing a really bad job of trying to help because they try to stop bad things and therefore they make bad things. Yeah. You know, and the police, I mean, nobody talks more about bad guys than the police. So that's all they see anywhere, which I, I, I get the um, conversation about just changing how we intervene. Does it yeah. make a different slogan? Yes, it does. <laughs> and I, honestly, I think that's a big part of what I see is just really lousy language choices. You know, that's why I applaud the switch from, you know, the autonomous zone to the organized protest. It's like, okay, so can we have an equally graceful transition from defund the police to rethink community? I don't know, something that is actually positive, positively focused. Yes, and uh, I did like the name autonomous zone because, you know, autonomous, independent, and that's definitely what you feel when you go up there. But I think a lot of people were starting to treat it kind of like a festival. Mm -hmm. You know, we, for a party sort of situation, when there was some of that going on, but the idea of no, this is a protest. Right. It's an occupied protest, and none of us have ever seen that before. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it because, I mean, it is the future. It is our children. You know, children. They're still children when they're grown. Our yeah. young people, our young adults. How's that? A yeah. non-demeaning non term. Our young adults. It's our future. 
Um, so my dream, my biggest fantasy, and maybe we can join in this, is that, you know, when you put all of the things falling apart and coming back again together, that as we wake up to just how stupid the world we've been living in is, and we say, well, since the food that comes from corporate farming is one, not available anymore, and two, it was poisonous anyway, when, when you know, Monsanto, do I need to say anything else, that we wake up and dismantle all that, there's a whole lot of opportunity in the middle of the United States, where if there's no place in the old system for our young people to make something, we got a whole new world inside the old world. Yes. You know, and if some of the things that I'm really hoping are actually happening behind the scenes happen and fortunes change hands from people who are suddenly held accountable for things that they'd rather we didn't know they were doing, then there's, or, or however, you know, the, the money comes when you do what you have to do. The resource comes. The, the Mother Earth gives us everything we need every day of our lives. And if we set people loose with the guidance that they ask for, I think something really amazingly beautiful can happen. I think you're right. And I think that in some ways we've been feeling this deep down inside ourselves for a long time, mm -hmm. which is maybe why we felt so powerless because there's part of us that knows what's possible. And yet, like you said, we have a whole history in this country of taking sovereignty away from people. Yeah. That's how our country was built and founded. So we've got some work to do to clear those spaces, yeah. to make it ready for the new. You know, my other dream, I, I have a dream too, um, <laughs> is that, you know, this week is Juneteenth. Uh-huh. Which I, in my childhood was so non-standard. I found out about that when I was a tiny little girl because my mom taught uh, English and speech at the penitentiary through the community college right so uh and one of the organizations that she was involved with was the bpfu the black prisoners forum unlimited and so you know in her show of solidarity she takes me and trita up to the juneteenth celebration which you know i wasn't really sure what it was at the time but i it was in my mind so the next time i heard it, it's like oh yeah what is that thing but i, I gotta share this because so we're inside a penitentiary, right? Which is, you know, not really registering. It's sort of like where mom works. But I, I, I kind of have the basic concept. But because of that, it's like the, what people looked like was not the most important thing because everybody's a prisoner. They're all them, you know, and we're the visitors. And as it happens, it's a room full of black faces because Juneteenth and BPFU. So, Everybody's having their conversations and doing their thing. And I'm, you know, like this tall and everybody forgets about me. So I get bored and I start to wander. And I wandered through the door and out into the hallway. And I started wandering down the hallways of the penitentiary because it's like, you know, this is more interesting. What's this place like? And this black guy looks at me and his eyes got this big. He's like, oh my God, little white girl, little white girl, come to me come with me you know it's like i'm putting this together years later it's like okay now i know what you're thinking this is not a good place for you please come with me and it's like oh god what if she's scared of me and she won't come with me and she does oh my god oh my god you know so he finally puts me back inside and says mama i think you maybe you should hold her hand 
but on some level that imprinted in me. It's like, I'm always going to be saved by some well-meaning black guy who actually cares. Okay. So, you know, when my chain falls off my bike, it's, you know, the white people roll by and some black dude says, hey, can I help you? <laughs> you know, right. and how often that happens, just the, the humanity that we could really take a lesson from if we do this right. Yeah. Get rid of that heartlessness and we have to open our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Open them regardless. Because mm -hmm. here's the other thing that I see happening. And um, every time we try to address the issue of race, you know, which is ultimately just a fiction, you can actually trace the point where it was created intentionally by some white guy. I mean, it's everybody comes to the conclusion that that's stupid and we shouldn't do it anymore because, you know, who cares what your rapper looks like? And the answer is, well, nobody cares because that's not really what's going on. I think what's really going on is this this mental process where because it's so clear when you look at somebody that their ancestors were part of this horror story that we'd rather forget about. That the voice in the back of my mind that I don't want to listen to because it's terrifying says, well, somebody who looks like that has a really good reason to hate you. And somebody who looks like that has a real good reason to be mad at you. And if I was that person, I probably want to kill me. But I don't want to listen to this thought. So I don't really know what I'm thinking. I just feel like you're dangerous. Right. And that's why it doesn't go away because we never tell ourselves the truth about it. Yeah. And that's what we felt. It did not feel dangerous. It felt so comfortable to be around people. People, not people with different skin colors, just people in general. It felt really good to have that feeling. When I used to go to Folk Life here in Seattle, mm -hmm. that's a free celebration always on Memorial Day weekend. And I always kind of felt like when I went down to Folk Life, because it was free, it's like, oh, I'm a folk. Mm. What does that feel like? Like everybody here is folks. And it felt like that. Yeah. At, on Capitol Hill, it felt like we're all folks here, aren't we? We're all here. Yeah. We're and, and, and that's the thing that i am always found the Black community to be so capable of. Where yes. there's every reason to expect they're going to say, fuck you. This is ours now. You can get out. They're mm -hmm. saying, hey, how can we all work together? Because we've been working on this a long time. Right. And and go ahead. It's like, Thanks for showing up is the feeling that you get right now. It's like, you can show up. That's cool. Yeah. I, so I, 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 there's going to be a march up in our neighborhood. We get to do that on Friday. It's like, like a walk protest through Finney Ridge down to Ballard. It's like, it's like, yay. Yeah, you know? it is exciting, isn't it? Because what happened here in Sarasota, it was a love fest. It was like that. It was just so glad that we all cared. It was mostly white people because that's what's mostly around here. But that's actually kind of good. You know, and everybody was happy. And it was like, damn, thank you. Thank you. You know, and just this, it's like, we do care. And it, it was interesting because like thousands of people drove by and honked and woo -hoo 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 -hoo. but the young people around me were only noticing the two people who were, right. Wow, keeps in perspective. 
you know, it's like, that's where the news camera goes. And you know, that they all, they all went up to the woman on the street and did that, no, fuck you. And it's like, <laughs> don't lose sight of the fact that almost everybody is on our side. Yeah. And that those are the voices that we've been listening to. So we just have to tune them out now. It's like, and they're upset because they don't get to play. Like yeah. they're, they're terrified. They're losing power. Mm. And they've always had that power. And so now all of a sudden they can't say things. They can't think things. They have to change. And, you know, you have to grow new dendrites in your brain to change. It's very true. And it's been very physically tiring to go through that. Like for a long time, I would be tired by five o'clock in this recent uh, new time. I was like, when is this going to end? And it was on Saturday after the silent march that they did here in Seattle. They did that on Friday. And I felt a shift and I was like, ah. Something changed, something lifted, something, if enough people are doing the work, it didn't feel so heavy, mm. it felt energizing. And so I think, and a lot of people don't, they prevent themselves from growing and changing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's the habit that we've been indoctrinated into. Yeah. I um, don't like that, I don't like change. Mm-hmm. Change and, is always gonna get worse. Yeah, or it's hard, mm-hmm. and it is hard, you know, but yeah. some of us don't mind getting dirty. Yeah, well, and I think that's why it had to happen this way or something like it, because we, we had so many opportunities to change because it was smart, and Right, that didn't happen. Mm-mm. So we, we had to get in a place where we have to. It's like, you're going to need a new food system, honey, because the old one is gone. Yeah, you're, you're going to need a new medical system because the old one is killing you. You're going to need, you know, all kinds of new stuff. Uh, but since we haven't been doing anything but bitching about the old stuff, I think it's time to meet that with celebration. We get to yeah. make a new world. We do. And um, it's going to take a lot of people working towards that and uncovering what doesn't work. And um, it's not going to be easy. And it's going to take time and patience and strength and kind of everything we got. But what else are we going to do? Yeah, exactly. So for me, the most important step that is not in our old program Mm -hmm. is that what gives us the emotional stamina to keep working through the hard parts and to meet somebody who, you know, hates you because of what they think you believe with love, you know, like that nice Hebrew boy. You know, they don't know what they're doing. Forget about it. That, um, okay, now I, I just got so enamored of my own point, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> that, uh, what the hell was I saying? Joni, what was I saying? You were, well, you said that Hebrew boy, so I don't know if that. Yeah, no, that's where I lost my, that's where I, that's where I lost my train of thought. Cause you know, it goes off in this whole other direction, but, but maybe that's it. That is it actually, that the missing piece is our ability to have faith in the goodness of life. Yes. And we kind of lost that because we got told such a screwy story about that nice Hebrew boy and what mm-hmm. his dad's going to do to us if we don't step in line and say what we're going to say and do what we're going to do. And that's and, a story at all. Exactly. 
I mean, if, if anything, you know, if you look into what, what he was actually teaching before it became a story about how we're going to kill anybody who tries to change things, uh, which is what the Romans fed us, it was about planting your seeds. I mean, he put forth some really mystical formulas for setting your intention and watching it grow in the field of grace. And that ain't nowhere in the gospel that we got fed. And speaking of watching things grow, it's like every morning I go out and I look out my backyard and I see all of this green stuff that's just come up out of the ground. And some of it I've planted and some of it has just arrived on its own. It just shows up or it seeds itself. And to look at that and go, you know, in the wintertime, this stuff is not here. I don't, right? Right. That's right. like, that is an amazing transformation that I get to see out my back door anytime I go out there to just feel that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about um, <clears throat> the black community is they've been denied access to land. Yeah. And that's very important in their cultures and the Native American cultures. And you were talking about the food. We have taken that away mm-hmm. from them even being able to go put their hands in the dirt somewhere yeah. and experience growing seeds for themselves. So, and if you live in an apartment and you have no money, you don't have any house plants either. So there's no tending and that connection gets broken. Mm-hmm. And so that, um, like You're you right. say, see the gardens up at CHOP, that they're growing gardens. And that's one of the reasons they are, so that people can have that experience of connecting with earth. Yeah, because for me, that's the faith that's going to carry us through when we get mm-hmm. to watch that cycle of life. Because to, to my mind, that's what went wrong with the whole Jesus story, is they tried to retell the story of Mother Earth as a human sacrifice. And there's a lot of unintended consequence when planting seeds and harvesting corn turns into killing somebody. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't work the same way. Because when we, when we revere that cycle of nature, when we know that we're part of it, then I understand that, like you say, it's like, yeah, these plants die or they become part of a, they go, they, they go into the cycle. They stay in the cycle. The leaves become the earth and the earth becomes the mushrooms and the mushrooms become the bugs and the bugs become the flowers and it all, it all just keeps going around and around. And there's so much hope in that. And we are part of that is the story. We are not separate from that. That is where we come from. Yeah, that's what I'm made of. I'm exactly. made out of plants that are made out of dirt, that are made out of sunshine. Exactly. I mean, it's what we call food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the idea that we're walking on the earth is like, that's a silly illusion. I mean, because you can't get very high above the earth and not for very long. Like we're attached just by yeah. stuff we can't see. We're, we're growing like plants. We're, we're meat plants. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So getting humble about all of this is, I think, another place to get to. You know, and asking, what is my part in this? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is um, today it's in the garden, but, but to allow that to change too. What our purpose is in this 
huge event time that we're in. We all have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and then discovering and uncovering that, I think that's where the youth is finally feeling empowered. They go, oh, now I got something. Yeah. And my friends all want to do it too. And so now we're united instantly. Yeah. So as a, as a powerful crone sister, um, I want to affirm that future for our children. Yes. Because there are forces that are actively attempting to hijack this righteous uprising. And, you know, it's hard to know what's really happening anymore because the media shows us whatever the heck they want to. And it's pretty much all bad um, and scary. And I mean, I've seen evidence that convinces me entirely that there are forces manipulating the crowds to try and turn them toward violence and harness the basest emotions, which is just not fair and it makes me mad. <laughs> but you know, um, that instead of making the mistake that I just said people shouldn't make, that we turn that <laughs> in the positive direction of the hope, the investment that we have in the future of our children and our children's children, our children's children's children, and the seed as it goes forward and turns into a forest is infinitely more powerful than any cynical attempt, which is ultimately based on the belief that we are stupid and weak and small, seems to me. And easily manipulated. We've been very easily manipulated. We can't do this because we, you know, we can't work on the environment because of jobs. Mm. We can't farm organically because it's too expensive. Mm -hmm. There's always been an excuse. And so now we're at that point where those excuses are not valid. Right. And, and so... Um, Stephen Buhner, one of my favorite authors, talks about feel, the feeling sense. And, and he doesn't refer to, the feeling sense is not when you stick your hand on a hot plate and you pull it away and go, that's hot. The feeling sense is when you go someplace and all of a sudden you get a feeling like, this feels really good or this feels really weird and strange. And you maybe turn to the person you're with and you say, this feels really strange to me. And they go, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. So you being connected to that language of feeling and that he says that is our most important sense. And it's so underdeveloped mm -hmm. because we've used all these other senses, what we see, what we hear, what someone told us. And we don't even take in and develop that sense. So I think that's like the really new thing What you said when someone says something or you hear something that triggers you they're trying to take you and so you could just go well that feels wrong or that doesn't feel true and that's as far as you have to go right. or uh, that's i'm being manipulated here mm -hmm. so once again empowering your, yourself and your sovereignty to trust yourself yeah what you feel and be willing to change it because you're the next day you may feel differently yeah. you may and that's okay. Yes. Yeah. So that we're evolving and changing. And just like you said, the plants come up and then they go away. We're the same. We're not, well, I'm like this. Mm -hmm. My mama always told me I had to. <laughs> yeah. 
the good book says it's not that it's what is it for you what is your experience yeah and and if you want to couch it in terms of faith again mm -hmm. that our faith moves to the reality that this coherent heart field is my connection with the divine and that right. when it feels good it's because god feels good yeah. if it feels good it is good and we've been taught not to trust our feelings because we're bad yeah and that someone who doesn't have that going will not allow you to have that if if they want to enslave you to their way of thinking Mm -hmm. they will attempt to take that from you and tell you all kinds of things about why you can't yeah you know so, an interesting and you go ahead. The, about the word slave because it means different things and they're all very interesting so in a machine when you slave things together you make them do the same thing mm. you're enslaved to the one decision maker and then everything moves in unison and what physics, the new physics is revealing is that a wave, a unison wave where everybody has to do the same thing and think the same thing is a destructive force. Mm -hmm. uh, and the force that actually makes life is harmony. Yes. But by virtue of being true to myself, I become part of the symphony and then it's beautiful. Yes. And, and that's another word that we don't use, the harmony, to harmonize with something. So when you hear something from someone that you can't harmonize with, mm -hmm. then you're gonna know that. You're gonna feel that disharmony, someone trying to enslave you, someone trying to disrupt harmony. Yeah. And, and then you go with harmony because that's, that's where the beauty is. Exactly. Yeah, follow the beauty. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the simplest instruction. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's awesome. Yeah, follow the beauty. Um, I used to have a quote. It's a Buddhist quote that I got from a friend. May all beings live in beauty. Is that how it goes? Oh, there's a there's like a yeah like a standard meta blessing. May something like that may all beings live in peace may all beings live in harmony yeah and um may all beings find enlightenment yeah because when everybody wins everybody wins <laughs> how did we forget that well because we didn't have it in our experience mm -hmm. and um all the words were misused it's true and it's happening again yeah, all the powerful ones, if you just stop and check a word out for a minute, and it's like, well, what does this really mean mm -hmm. when someone says that? Because it's, it's very interesting to go to the dictionary sometimes for words and then to go down through all the different meanings of them. Yeah, I love that. A word that you know already, and then you say, well, what does that really mean? I want to look that up, and you just yeah. kind of go, wow. I like going all the way back to the roots and find out, you know, where did this come from? What's the family of this word? Yeah, I learn a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the only college textbook that I kept was my dictionary from a linguistics class at university. Right, I, think, I think that's Grandpa Homer talking through us. <laughs> I grabbed that linguistics, you know, it's like, God, I loved oh, it. Hmm. So powerful. So my, 
Back to that Juneteenth thing. You know, it's this week and it's going to happen while the chop is open. And it strikes me that, you know, in this whole understanding that the Black community has been in rehearsal for this moment, so we need to follow their lead on a lot of things. That without it being a cultural appropriation, that I really feel like I want to participate in that because I've been enslaved. Yes. And the fact that I didn't know it, holy shit, because that's what Juneteenth is all about. It's about when they finally got around to telling the last Americans that, oh, by the way, you've been free for two and a half years. Yeah. And we're only telling you because we have to. But now that you know, it's like, we'll try to get away. Um, <laughs> that that never stopped. Not really. And we need to like dig in again and, and look at that document and own it for all of us. Yes, and the fact that um, our president is going to Tulsa mm -hmm. on Juneteenth for a he rally. It. He changed it. His, uh, his, his panel of people said, dude, not a good idea. Is it oh, really? Oh. Okay, so he changed the date. Oh. He does, he, does, he does have people around him who can, you know, talk. Well, I'm grateful for the citizens of Tulsa that that's not happening because that's not something they should have to go through. Yeah. That's, that's good news. Yeah, yeah. That's showing how, you know, I've been holding ever since I heard that, like, that's not a good plan at all. And so enough of us have been thinking that and then boom, it changes. Yeah, that's, that's the rude thing. It's like, why not tell the truth? Just yeah. because it's good about somebody who you get off on hating. It's like, it's better if the news is good. It really is. Yeah. It is. It really is. I mean, yeah. the way it's been explained to me by the black leaders who are willing to stand next to Donald Trump and say, whatever the hell you are, if you're willing to work with me, I'm willing to work with you. Okay. Right. Let's try and build everybody up. Is that everybody understands on a nuts and bolts level that we're all safer when the black community is a safe place to be. It's not, yes. even if it's only in my self-interest, white people are not safe if black people are so desperate that they're killing each other. Right. And if, if there's so much agitation in the community that the police are amped up when they show up and they just make things worse, that's bad for everybody. Yes. So, you know, figuring out what works, I mean, if it works for everybody, it works for everybody. And just because somebody's kind of a jerk <laughs> doesn't mean that he doesn't occasionally have good ideas. <laughs> Good. Well, that's awesome that that was changed and that that sanity can be restored. Yeah. So let's stand together on that. Yeah. Hold that vision. Yeah. Sanity emerges. There we go. <laughs> Beauty becomes apparent. We awake at the new day and find ourselves. Well, that is what happens. When we awake in the morning, we find ourselves in the world we've been dreaming about. Yeah. And if we're only dreaming about the world that we think is horrible, tomorrow's not going to be so good. That's beautiful. It's true. You know, that you, we have to alter that for ourselves and each other. And as each person does that, it makes it easier for other people to make that change because we are all connected. Very much. More so now than ever. You feel that, yeah. don't you? Totally. Yeah. And I feel... Um, just in people going by my street and how we communicate out on the street and especially with, with strangers or people I haven't met yet, I should say. There you go. Yeah, is that um, it's very different. People are more open and they're, it's just a new thing to just feel at home. 
not like, hey, who is that person walking down my street? I don't know them to, hey, hi there. Yeah. And that happened during the lockdown. You know, oh, you yeah. go out for your daily exercise, everybody's like, ooh, people, ooh. It was sort of like a party in the street. It was. And then, you know, seeing kids out on bikes like we used to be in our neighborhoods. You never saw that. You always saw kids with their parents. You know, they were under the age of 14. You didn't see any kid alone on a bike or with another friend on a bike. You just didn't. Oh. And now there's like, you know, little bike gangs. That's what we call them. We go, oh, look, there's a Blue Ridge bike gang. Never saw that before. <laughs> with the big kid leading the little kids, you know, it's really, yeah, new times. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm hopeful. I mean, I just, I just fall back to I've been to the future and it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. You know, everything between here and there is just, I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Awesome. And then, and then you don't get caught up on he said, she said, these people are doing this. You just, the future's beautiful. Yeah. Today can be beautiful too. Yeah, exactly. As, be as much beauty as, as we can stand. <laughs> well, that's been, that's been about an hour and I don't want to tax people too much. Thank you so much for offering me your eyes. Yes. It's a pleasure to be connected again. It's nice to have you in my home. <laughs> yes, and you in mine. Yes, it's great. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. May we follow the beauty way and trust our hearts. Okay.